Kia ora everyone and welcome to episode number 7 of the NZP TeacherCast. Today's guest doesn't really need much of an introduction so we're going to jump straight into things. I'm really excited to be speaking with the one and only Celia Flex. I hope you enjoy the podcast. You're listening to the NZPE TeacherCast, a podcast sharing some of the inspirational stories from amazing health and physical education teachers. Today's episode is sponsored by My Study Series, an online learning platform by New Zealand PE teachers for New Zealand PE teachers and their students. Check it out now at mystudyseries.co.nz. Kia ora everyone, I'd just like to welcome Celia Fleck, who is the PE Curriculum Facilitator for Team Solutions, um, and Celia used to work as HOD at Aotea College here in Wellington, um, so welcome to the podcast Celia. Welcome, thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about your teaching experience, and because you're no longer in front of a classroom, what your current role at Team Solutions entails. Uh, I've spent 19 years teaching in a secondary school, and it was actually all at the same school. It was all at Altair College. And um, most of that time, pretty much all of that time, was in the health and PE department, but also um, in the maths department, and I had various kind of roles during that time. I think the beauty of teaching in a school like Altair is you get lots of different opportunities. So I was able to be a dean and um, then I worked through the department and, um, yeah, the last six years I was there, I was head of department of the health and PE department. Did a bit of time as acting assistant principal and then the last three years uh, was really exciting because Altair was part of the sport and education project so I led that at Altair College as well. So I had no idea. 18 years. That's, yeah. That's a, that's a really long time. Um, but you got to see a really um, wide range of different roles of those ones you mentioned which what do you think were the were the best roles or most challenging or interesting um I thought I would really enjoy the deaning because I love the kids that's why I love being a teacher because I love that interaction with the kids but actually I found that I enjoyed the pastoral side of being a head of a department more and so I had that um pastoral care in terms of looking after my department but still their influence on curriculum so I think curriculum kind of really became my passion um, so that's certainly what I enjoyed the most. Yeah I think you know when we are curriculum experts it gives us um, not the power but this responsibility that we're kind of dictating the way and what our kids learn and I, I find that we've got this great opportunity as HODs to um, really influence our kids in a positive way. Um, I'd spent some time, that's a school bell. I spent some time as acting DP this year, and I thought it was going to be really cool and something that I wanted to do, but um, I didn't enjoy it at all, and I much prefer being a teacher, teaching PE, leading physical educators. Um, it just it, 
to senior. I thought senior leadership would be for me, but I, I didn't really enjoy it. But what did you think about your experience as senior leader? Um, yeah, I didn't enjoy it either. But um, but for me, it was kind of time and place and environment. So I haven't ruled it out mm. um, as something that I'd like to have another go at. But I think definitely having the right people around you when yeah. Um, yeah. So tell us about sport and education. I, I know quite a bit about it because I'm involved with it, and it's getting more and more traction lately, and, and more people interested, and more schools interested, and more schools signing on. So you were one of the pilot schools, and now your role has a big part within that program. Tell us all about that. Yeah. So sport and sport and education was awesome timing for me because I kind of felt like I needed a new challenge and so I came along at the right time and it just seemed to make sense for me. I was starting to really get quite um, uh, irritable, I guess, in terms of the the New Zealand curriculum and the lack of implementation of what I thought the real intention around it was. So sport and education, I think, is an awesome vehicle for that authentic learning, that you know, meaningful learning for our kids because they get sport, a lot of them. We know that they they love sport. And so it provided that opportunity. It gave us permission to sort of start working um, cross-curricular, so move out of our silos, which we tend to get stuck in in secondary schools. Um, and there are lots of challenges around that, and I appreciate that. But um, I guess being part of the pilot schools, we, you know, we were given some time. You know, our resourcing was some time to actually put some thought into it to work together collaboratively with other teachers and other departments around that. Um, so that was really important. Um, and, you know, some people questioned Sport New Zealand funding a project in an educational space, but um, I think they just saw that power of sport in making a real difference for our young people. And they saw the um, potential in... Um, PE teachers and PE departments and the way that they teach and the relationships that they have with the young people and if we could kind of put that on a platform and take that out to um, to everyone in our secondary schools and learn from that, I think that was a really good um, thing that came from the project as well. So advocating for PE and the pedagogies that we use in PE. Yeah, it's, it's good to see PE leading way in an area around, um, I guess, cross-curricular activities. I mean, we I've seen it happen at another school where there was a big cross-curricular focus, and that was that was awesome to see, and there was some really authentic learning happening. But PE became the learning area that would look after all the kids when the other learning areas needed planning time, and it's like we were there to babysit them and. I think what I'm seeing in sport and education is that we should be, we can lead the way, and and the way that we're seeing schools leading the way, they're really changing the approach to the curriculum and senior assessment, and we're seeing some, we're seeing some massive um, developments around that. So I think schools should be really looking to physical education a bit more to take the lead on things like this. Um, just on one thing you mentioned, do you think it could happen without the funding? What would that look like without the funding? Is it achievable? It, it's achievable. It's um, it's not achievable without some hard work. You know, like, 
you know, teaching's a tough job and and it is hard work and we could pull out the same thing year after year after year if that, you know, if that's the way you want to roll kind of thing. But I think whether you're doing cross-curricular or whether you're not, you have to be meeting the needs of the learners that you've got in front of you each year and that kind of requires you to to be doing some more work every year. Um, I just think there's so much, um, after the initial kind of hard work, there's so many benefits of working with teachers in other departments. Um, and mostly that was, you know, through what we were seeing the kids achieve. When we were, um, when we had an English teacher with an English lens on it, or even an English teacher supporting the PE teacher to put an English lens on a piece of work that was um, also a piece of work for PE, the the quality of the work, uh, you know, across both standards, both, both across both curriculum areas, improved dramatically. So I think, um, I think, yeah, it's hard work, but the rewards are there. We just had our um, our recap, uh, a summary or a big feedback session for our first year, and one of the teachers said that um, it was really clear the biggest improvement he saw from the class was the. Um, the standard or the unit of work that they did around statistics and that was probably our biggest integrated unit or assessment and it was a low level class, um, bottom stream and he said that was uh, their best um, unit of work for the whole year in terms of results that they achieved really highly Um, and when we compared it to units that hadn't um, been so integrated or cross-curricular they just were nowhere near the results so we're seeing it here um, and I, I really encourage other schools to, to at least inquire about it or look at some of the the way schools are using it or implementing it now because um, you see immediate results. It's it's a no-brainer. You support you directly support a couple of schools, don't you? What what's how what does that involve? Um, I do, um, but. To be fair, I mean, you're one of them, <laughs> and I haven't felt like I've needed to do much because um, you and, and the other two schools that I've been supporting directly here in Wellington have kind of just picked it up and run with it in your own way, and I think that's the other beauty of the project is that it's not a one-size-fits-all. You know, there were eight schools in the pilot, and they were eight very, very different schools. And in every single school that you went into, they were approaching it in a different way, which was so exciting because after three years, we had all these awesome stories to tell. And I think that's kind of what's been igniting the fires in these other schools is all the different kind of stories that we've been able to tell. And schools have kind of gone, well, yeah, actually, I can I can do that. And yeah, there's fantastic teachers and, and leaders in our PE departments like yourself and, and just with a little bit of kind of um, prompting, um, yeah, they're picking up and doing some awesome things. So I feel a little bit redundant, actually. <laughs> it took me a while. I mentioned this when we spoke to Gary, but I, I didn't quite get it for a, for a while because we were touring around seeing all these schools, but it was I was like, okay, so what's the answer here? What's How do I implement it? And everyone was doing it completely different. So yeah. Um, Finding out how it was going to fit our learners and how we would use it to best um, meet the needs of of our school is completely different to how any other school has done it. So that's, I guess, one of the the coolest things for me about it is that we can use it that in a way that's valuable for us. 
You, you, so you're away, you've been away from your students a year now, almost a year? Yeah, almost a year. Well, what do you miss the most about being away from them? Yeah, I do miss the students. Um, and uh, to be honest, I just kind of miss their personalities. Like, I miss their faces and the fact that they will make you laugh. And, um, you know, the rewarding stuff, like celebrating their successes with them, whether it's been something in the classroom or something outside the classroom or something not even to do with school, um, just celebrating those small things with them. So, yeah, I definitely, definitely miss that part of the job. Yeah, I couldn't imagine um, I don't know what life would be without having your students here. It's, yeah. Um, especially because you've done it for so long. Yeah. You think you'll go back? Yeah. Okay, good. You, um, I heard you, you keynoted at Penn's earlier in the year. Um, 60 second recap on your presentation? Yeah, God, that was... Um, because it was hard kind of even with the time constraints that we had because I was asked to be quite challenging and provocative and think about practices that strengthen PE as a learning area. So I kind of boiled it down to the fact that we connect and we collaborate, but we need to be doing it better. Um, because for me, that kind of sharing the expertise in the room, which, you know, I, I talk about the room in the broader sense in terms of um, the, the health and PE community, um, that power of the collective. Um, and, and when I was talking about connecting as well, I kind of linked it again back to that thing that I'm quite passionate about, which is linking and connecting curriculum areas. So it's not just about connecting with each other, but it's connecting with those other curriculum areas as well. And um, do you, you really think that happens outside of sport and education? Do, does that happen a lot? I think it's starting to. I think... I definitely think it's starting to. I think there's pockets of really exciting things happening. Like, you know, you interviewed um, Kelly Ross, and there's some awesome stuff happening there. They're not a sport and education school. Mm. Um, some of the new schools, like there's exciting things happening in the new schools, the new builds around the country. Um, but I, I kind of think that's not the only places that it can happen, that we have to take all these... Um, current school models and kind of give them a bit of a shake-up. So, yeah, I think it's starting to. Mm. Yeah. So you're talking your... Oh, I'm a keynote. Yes. Yeah, I think, again, just that um, advocacy. For me, it comes a lot back to advocacy. Like, I think we've just got such a strong curriculum area um, that we need to celebrate it more and we need to, um, yeah, really kind of just promote... Um, the potential for our curriculum area to um, look after the whole young person. So that, that idea of well-being that gets talked about a lot, but not necessarily kind of a lot of action put in behind a lot of the talk, I feel, at the moment. And, you know, our whole curriculum area is centred around that concept of whole order and well-being. And so we've got, we've got a, a real good platform there to look after our young people. And just keeping them moving as well. That was one of the other things I talked about. Let's not forget about that, you know, the joy of movement and to be keeping our kids moving and not get stuck in a classroom because we feel we have to validate our academic status. And, mm. Yeah, so. How, how could a school take action uh, in terms of that issue of well-being and, and how we have this platform for that? Um, what would that look like if, if a school was trying to develop that some more? Well, if I had my way, I think I'd design the whole curriculum, the whole school curriculum around the health and PE curriculum. You know, that would be your starting point because it covers 
that thinking about self and it covers that thinking you about open a others. School. What? You should open a charter oh, school. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I've been told that. That's not the first time I've been told that. And I, I, yeah, yeah, but that's what I do. I just think it's, it's perfect. It's kind of all there to then take all that other stuff out of, you know, your links to science and social science. It's all there in our, in our curriculum. Well, document. these specialist schools operate in Australia and the UK, don't they? Yeah. The many, a lot of those are, are sporting Sport, specialist schools. Right. Are any of them physical education-based schools? Probably not. Probably not, no. Mm. And because that's the, you know, I'd want it to be a school focused around well-being, not a school focused around sport, mm. you know. So, it, yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see the type of student that would attract. Yeah. And whether it would... You would get no sporty kids there, which is not a bad thing, but sport's good as well. Yeah, totally. There's an interesting chat. Yeah. Um, okay, next 12 months, what's the, what's the main focus for you? Yeah, so probably we haven't touched on my actual bigger role this year, which is um, as, this, as a play.sport PE curriculum facilitator and so actually most of my work at the moment is primary intermediate schools so I've got a cluster of schools in Upper Hutt so they're, um, they're my big focus professionally over the next 12 months in terms of um, supporting them to think differently about what PE is um, and could look like you know, we've got this um, population of primary and intermediate school teachers who have received very, very little, if any, training in the health and PE curriculum, and there's now very little support for them once they're in schools around the health and PE curriculum. They're working in this environment where it's been marginalised because of national standards, and so it's quite exciting. They, The schools that I'm working in are really receptive to us coming in um, but it is really challenging for them to, to think about PE being anything more than teaching to the primary school sport calendar. Um, that's what we tend to be seeing a lot of, going out and playing games. And that's, if they're lucky, that depends on um, who their teacher is a lot of the time. But certainly what we're going in and seeing, and they're all quite openly acknowledging, is that there is not any real planning or deliberate teaching that, yeah, I imagine that's that's from a physical ed- you being a physical educator that must be really frustrating to see happen um, that these schools just seem to have not much idea and, and a lack of support and, and and just not doing physical education very well. Yeah, it is it is hard to see, but on you know like I said they they've the teachers that we've gone in and we've been working with so far have been really responsive because. They can see that there's potential there. And they're doing some awesome stuff and sometimes not recognising that as PE. Like um, the the younger the younger junior syndicates in primary schools working with the five- and six-year-olds, they lots of them are doing some really cool play-based learning, discovery, and they're not linking that to PE because they are still in this mindset that PE has to be teaching them sports and it has to be getting them ready for an athletics day, that kind of thing. So it's just kind of getting them to revisit that curriculum and see actually what are those learning outcomes for those young kids and it's much broader than athletics. Has this always been a problem? 
or is it more recent with the national standards and other developments? Is it something that's always been around? Yeah, I think it's probably been around for a long time, but I think it's become sort of worse with the... So we're going to start to see some issues with students entering secondary school and, and kind of lacking some of that um, baseline knowledge and understanding of health and PE concepts? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, so you were just going around visiting schools, working with them. Do you have a team that support you with that? Yeah. Yeah, so in so there's so in Wellington there's a team of four of us, so myself and and, and three others. Um, they're called PE mentors, and their role is that sort of one-on-one um, mentoring support with the teachers. So it might include some role modelling and then some observations and some feedback. and And we work together through the planning stages with the teachers, um, and and yeah, and and go in and work as a team in the schools. Are they former teachers as well. Yeah, we're all former teachers, which is, which is, um, nice in terms of that um, credibility and being able to connect and build those relationships. Cool, that sounds um, that sounds like a really valuable um, program, particularly of, like you said, the the teachers have been responsive. And I think if teachers have been responsive and they want to make a change and deliver the curriculum the way it should be delivered, um, then you know you're doing a, a really good job. And hopefully, we do see that area improve a little bit over the next couple of years um, because that's just going to make as secondary teachers that's going to make our job harder if we're having to deal with some of that coming through. Um, I haven't seen too much of it yet, but if it's the potential for that to happen, that's that's a little bit scary. Another thing um, I wanted to talk about was something that you've been working on the last few weeks is the Welly Health and PE workshops. Can you tell us some more about these? Um, a bit of information about them. I don't think there's anything out there yet, is there? No, hopefully, yeah, today, tomorrow, get some stuff out there because, um, yeah, it's all sort of starting to come together, which is really exciting. It was really just, I guess, built on from me presenting at PENS around that idea of connecting and collaborating. And um, I'm a big Twitter fan, as you'll know, and um, again, that's another fabulous platform for um, connecting and collaborating. And you hear or you get snippets of this cool stuff that's happening around the place, but there's still like no substitute for that getting together face-to-face and actually being able to have that conversation and dialogue and ask questions. And... Um, so I was really thinking about um, how can people share their stories about what they're doing in their classrooms? How can we encourage them to do that more? How can we, um, yeah, provide that opportunity for that to happen? And we were well, you know, Wellington was well represented at Pens and at Pens in terms of presentations, and so it was just um, providing a chance for those presenters to. Um, to present again to people that hadn't been able to get to national conference because um, a lot of work goes into preparing those. Mm-hmm. But also there's other cool stuff happening that was good to hear, you know, that we want to hear about and and see. So that's kind of where it, where it came about. And it's kind of that, you know, PD for teachers by teachers. You know, I think that people want to hear 
from teachers in the classroom, what they're doing, what's working, even what's not working, you know, and throw that around and get some ideas from other people. So, Have, have we got dates locked in yet? Yep, we have. So we're going to kick off on Thursday the 10th of November at Scott's. And so each of the days um, we've got three workshops um, so 1.30, 2.30, 3.30 for an hour each and people can come to one or all three, just whatever suits people in departments. Um, so Cam Smith's going to um, do his presentation from PENS again at that one. Um, Hamish Buttle is going to present um, a Montessori perspective on health and PE, which I think will be really exciting to hear. And Chris Taylor's going to um, do a presentation about um, place-responsive education in the context of outdoor education. Um, then the following week on the Tuesday, that's the 15th of November, we're heading over to Samuel Marsden and Whitby. They're going to host us. Um, again, Aaron Mead, who presented at Penn's um, Teaching Personal and Social Responsibility in New Zealand Secondary School, he's going to represent that one for us. Um, Michelle Ferris is going to do a presentation around senior health education. And Chris Taylor is going to do another presentation about... Um, begging, borrowing, stealing achievement standards from multiple domains to create the outdoor education course that you want. So trying to sort of include um, that PE health outdoor ed um, across the workshops. And then lastly, on the 23rd of November, so that's a Wednesday, we're out at Hiratonga College. Um, and Matt, who was on your podcast, Matt Lambert, the, um, a couple of weeks ago, he's going to showcase his armoury, which I've had the privilege of having a look around. But um, cool? It's I very cool. Yeah, and I know a lot of people in Wellington are sort of keen to have a look, and, and he'll love showing that off. And also hearing from him how he's used that to contextualise those PE programmes. Um, got you on board again to do your, um, your um, popular gamification workshop. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then also hearing the third one at Hiratonga is hearing from some sport and education schools, um, including an intermediate, um, which you know technically not under the the sport and education umbrella in terms of funding, but they've been working um, still with support from Sport New Zealand and learning from what's been happening, and so um, so they've been doing some cool stuff there as well. That's um, I like really like the spread of. Health PE out to red. I think there's going to be something for everyone. I really, really, really hope that people can um, just embrace that professional learning and get along to it. Um, I mean, they can get to all of them if, if they really want. It's timed really well with our seniors leaving and a spread of dates. So um, really encourage as many people as possible to get along to those. So there'll be some information out shortly and um, uh, sign up yeah. for those. Yeah. Uh, and are we going to be able to... Teachers outside of Wellington, are we going to film any of those presentations? Is that something that we've... I'm hoping so. Are we going to be able to? Okay, I think we'll be able to. So um, what we might do is I will try to get an iPad set up and we can film those and we can share those over Twitter or Facebook. P.E. Gesh, you could host them maybe, something yeah. like that. Um, but that'll be cool because I think yeah, I don't think we network and collaborate enough, to be honest, as a learning area. Um, it's one of my bugbears and, and part of the reason why I did launch this podcast because I wanted to see more of it. Um, and I think things like this is, is, is a good start. I know that Auckland, do some the, the, they do some really good um, workshops up there. 
but that's about all I hear about. Uh, you know, even in Wellington, we haven't done too much over the last few years. So I think this is a really good initiative, and I hope it's something that um, people get behind and we can carry on doing it next year as well. Um, so good on you for, for leading the charge with that. A um, couple of, two more questions. Um, tell us about one app that you're using at the moment that's been beneficial for you um, and would be handy for PE or health teachers. I am loving the geocaching app. <laughs> and um, <laughs> you've got a bit of credit to play here. But it's I'm loving it personally because when I, I've been doing a bit of travel this year with, with my various hats on and um, just being able to get out and explore different parts of new places that I've been, um, it's, it's great. But also I've used it with teachers and with students this year and the feedback that I've had from both has been really cool. Like um, a kid from Ferguson Intermediate, the, we went out one week and we did some work with the geocaching app and it's great for that, um, you know, you're getting out and you're active but it's also great for that maths and getting them to estimate distances and things like that. But the following week he came back and he was so excited because he'd been out that weekend with his dad. He'd managed to convince his dad to download the app. So, you know, he'd taken that back into that kind of family context and was using it. And same with a teacher that, um, you know, we presented around it in um, a, a workshop on it at Penns and um, a teacher that was there, she's forever now contacting me and, oh, we've been out as a family and so she's right into it as well. So I think that um, it's really valuable as an educational tool but also um, as, a, as a personal thing and, and getting out and being active has is, is been awesome as well. Have you... Um, <coughs> excuse me. Have you found any trackables and yes. done anything? What did you do? What did yes. you do? For people that don't know, a trackable is... Um, it's like a little, what would you call it, just a, a small toy or, yeah. or something or a badge or, and the person that left it leaves some instructions when you log onto the app and the instructions might be, I'm trying to get to South America or Canada and if you think you could get that or help that on its travels then you can take it and move it and relocate it so what did you find okay so I found two on one day actually it was and they were geocaches along the Waikanae River area and um, a couple of weeks later I was going to be heading um, to Auckland and then also to um, to Australia so I had two so I took one and left it in Auckland um, and I can't remember the domain, but somewhere in Auckland it will be. And the other one, yeah, took over to Noosa. And um, nice. I have to say, uh, geocaching in the bush in Australia takes on a whole new meaning in terms of, you know, spiders and yeah, snakes. And <laughs> it was a little bit more challenging. <laughs> I was talking to um, Jared Robinson, the PE geek, earlier in the week, and he, his house was in lockdown because there was a big snake seen under the house and they had to, um, <laughs> they had to bring in some uh, the I don't know what you the, the snake catcher or, yeah. or whatever but they, they couldn't find it I mean no thank you that's, um, yeah. that's something I don't want to experience okay final questions best way to get in touch with you and one TV show you're watching at the moment um, okay so as I said I am on Twitter at Celia Fleck and um, yeah or email um, c.fleck at Auckland .ac.nz and don't be put off by the Auckland. I'm not working in <laughs> Auckland. Um, employed by University of Auckland, but here in Wellington. 
And um, I'd like to be able to say I don't watch any TV, but actually I do. And probably one of my favourites at the moment is Master Chef Australia. Do you, can you cook? Are you a good cook? Oh, um, I do enjoy cooking. And it probably depends who you talk to as to whether I'm a good cook. But, um, but I do enjoy cooking. I just like, I like MasterChef Australia because um, they're good people. Do you watch it? No. no, not really. No, not really. I like it just because. Well, I think in today's in today's age, where sometimes food is just, um, you know, seen as as it can be seen as something bad. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, there's all those messages around kind of food not being something that we can enjoy anymore. A lot there can be, and even in our schools, a lot of the food is taught in food technology, and there's not that kind of holistic thing around it. But I like MasterChef because it talks about that joy of cooking and, and food and being social with other people and kind of putting that love into your cooking yeah. and um, you know they talk about being true to yourself and kind of all the language that they use I like and they're kind they, they take care of the people the contestants in it so I don't know it just kind of sits well with me yeah. it's a feel good very nice yeah. <laughs> I, I should check it out again. I have watched a few of them but not, not really on my on my regular yeah. viewing um, look I really want to thank you for coming in um, I think your vision of what physical education and health should or could look like is, is really, really sits well with me and I think you're doing a really good job of um, meeting the needs of our students and advocating for PE and for PE teachers with you know some of the stuff you're, you're working with the intermediates and that. Um, I, I do hope you get back into the classroom because um, we need more teachers like you in front of our kids. Um, so. I'll be in touch with you more and more over the year or next year or support and education but um, I just want to thank you for coming in so I um, appreciate all your support and, and all your help around some of those things and um, I really encourage other teachers to get in touch with you so thank you. Great and thank you.